The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello and welcome to the Natixis Quarterly Update Podcast, where portfolio managers share their thoughts on the markets and their strategies. My name is Luke Palmer with the Investment Strategies Group here in Natixis, and today I'm fortunate to be joined by Joe Ferrara, Investment Strategist at Gateway Investment Advisors, managers of the Gateway Fund and the Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund. Joe, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me today. So in today's episode, we're going to cover the market environment in 2022. We'll cover the fourth quarter specifically, how the funds performed in that context, and then we'll touch on a topic which Gateway has highlighted in recent notes, how the current macroeconomic conditions may point to Gateway being in a potentially advantageous position. That sounds great, Luke. You know, there, there was 2022 is obviously a, a bit of a roller coaster for investors, but um, we also think there's a lot to be excited about in 2023, so we're happy to discuss that. Well, before we get there, let's take a step back. 2022, it was a historic year. Can you just recap the market environment, how Gateway was able to manage through this volatility? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I could, just one quick second I'll take to review our strategy. Um, as a quick reminder for our listeners, the Gateway Fund is a, a low volatility equity strategy that uses an index options-based approach with the goals of reducing the volatility of long-only equity exposure and enhancing risk-adjusted returns. Our strategy has three components. A diversified stock portfolio designed to track the performance of the S&P 500 index is combined with S&P 500 index call and put options to maintain a consistent level of market exposure and relative risk profile while generating attractive cash flow. The result has been a, you know, a consistent removal of at least half of the risk of the S&P 500 index, which can reduce, obviously, overall portfolio risk and hopefully improve risk-adjusted returns. So now to your question about 2022, um, you know, 2022 ranks as the fourth worst return for the S&P 500 index over the last 85 years. The S&P 500 index posted three consecutive losing quarters and ended the year with a partial recovery. Quarterly returns suggest an incessant market slide followed by a fourth quarter rally. However, the equity market path was much more of a roller coaster than an avalanche, we would say, uh, really as the first three quarters each featured double-digit drawdowns, which including you know, an almost 20% plunge from April 4 through June 16th of 2022. And the last two quarters featured double-digit rallies that resulted really only in partial recoveries, um, but including a, you know, almost a 14.5% rally from the advance 14.5% advance from the October 12 low through the end of November. So to touch on performance, how did Gateway perform relative to both equity and bonds in the year? So when we look at 2022, the fund had smaller losses than the S&P 500 index in the first three quarters, and then strong participation in the fourth quarter of 2022. Additionally, during the slide from April 4 through June 16, the fund provided over 750 basis points, or 7.5% of downside protection, with a return of roughly negative 12% compared to the S&P 500 that was down almost 20%. Um, when we think about or we look back on 2022, as I mentioned, that kind of roller coaster aspect, we think it's very important to look at the market in those different peak to trough and trough to peak periods, as opposed to just kind of the you know calendar year or calendar months or calendar quarter periods. To kind of you know, wrap up 2022, the year presented both opportunities and challenges for the Gateway Investment Team. 
as the market path featured you know, multiple steep sell-offs like we talked about, but also these strong rallies with implied volatility, um, persistently above average, but really lacking any significant increases in response to market declines. This is a really key component to 2022, and you know, I look forward to getting into this a little bit more shortly. But opportunities were really you know, mainly found in the written index call option portfolio where implied volatility levels drove the availability of above average premiums, helping to offset a material portion of losses during those sell-offs, in addition to a high level of market participation uh, you know, it, it, when the market did turn in and showed periods of strength. The third component of our strategy, like we talked about at the onset, there's the equity component the written call component, and then the protection side uh, you know, with purchase puts. Um, on the purchase put side of the portfolio, really where you know, the elevated cost of protection coupled with that relatively muted implied volatility response, limited gains during market declines, the, theme, the team focused on harvesting relatively small gains on a bit more frequent basis than I would say has been historically the case. Um, in fact, put coverage changed 14 times over the course of the year. To put this all together, you know, the high level of activity in both components of the option strategy helped deliver consistent participation during periods in which the equity market advanced, and then loss mitigation during market declines. Uh, you know, specifically, the fund had smaller losses than the S&P 500 index in each of the first three quarters, and then strong participation in the fourth quarter. So, you know, onto the volatility side of the year, or kind of what we saw in 2022, the year also ranked as one of the most volatile on record. Realized volatility for the year, as measured by the standard deviation of daily returns for the S&P 500 index, was 24.18. This was the eighth highest reading in the past 85 years. Wow. Despite beginning the year at an intra-year closing value of around 16.6 on January 3rd, average implied volatility for the year, as measured by the CBOE volatility index, or people refer to as the VIX, was higher than realized volatility at 25.64 and ranked as the sixth highest annual average since its 1990 inception. The defining feature of implied volatility in 2022, however, was its persistently above average readings and relatively muted response to sharp drops in the equity market. Typically, I would say, you know, as historical context has shown, the VIX reaches its highest levels when the equity market is at or near its low for the year or during multi-percentage point plunges. However, its intra-year closing high of 36.45 took place on March 7th, well before the equity market reached its low for the year and in advance of the steepest portion of 2022's bear market decline. The year featured multiple multi-percentage point single-day declines, including nine that exceeded 3% and two that exceeded 4%, all of which occurred after the intra-year VIX high on March 7th. Is part of the reason that occurred because so many people were long puts because it seemed it was such a well-advertised bear market, right? The Fed told you what they were going to do before 22 even started. Everyone knows about the war in Ukraine. Everyone's buying protection. So then every time the VIX starts to spike, you get people monetizing those hedges, and it doesn't allow for that true spike higher. Yeah, you know, you've, you've wrapped up a lot of interesting dynamics, not just in 2022, but even before. Um, you know, I, I would say coming through and then maybe out of the COVID crisis or panic, however you want to you know, call it now, we saw a lot of dynamics in the options market change and shift, and in particular on the put side, the protection side. Yeah. You know, Historically speaking, I would say one of the reasons we did see spikes in VIX and spikes in the cost of protection or puts 
was exactly that. An event would happen, it would cause panic or concern with investors, and then we would see this rush to buy protection. Obviously, prices would get bid up. Coming into 2022, for example, and even what we're seeing now slightly into 2023, is that there are many more investors that are holding protection and rolling it over more steadily. And I would also say in conjunction with maybe unfortunately for certain market dynamics or participants, um, there were a lot of speculators out in the marketplace coming into the COVID crisis that we just haven't seen come back into the marketplace yet. Makes sense. So we touched on performance. We touched on the driving factors of performance, both in 2022 and the fourth quarter. Let's touch on gateway strategy. Given how volatile of a year it was, can you touch on the benefits of an actively managed options strategy within that type of environment? Yeah, you know, absolutely. This, this is, you know, this is what we do. Our, our strategy is an actively managed strategy or actively managed approach, um, but we're also market agnostic. Our strategies are active, but not tactical. Be- what we believe, you know, because options are dynamic, our investment management team makes active decisions to m- maintain consistent market exposure. But we do not tactically adjust market exposure in anticipation of market direction. Second, I would say kind of key tenet of our strategy or our approach is quantitative, but not systematic. Because each market environment presents a unique combination of opportunities and risks, we believe that decision-making based on vigilant application of judgment and experience is more reliable than kind of quantitative triggers uh, or a a more rigid rules-based approach. Continuing kind of on those themes, how our strategies are constructed is we're always going to maintain partial equity exposure, which means we're going to participate in the market moves. And if the market goes up, we'll participate in that move in the stock market, but we're also going to be able to continually generate cash flow on selling calls in our portfolio. If and when the market goes down, we have kind of two layers, I would say, of protection. The first would be the amount of cash flow that we're able to generate by selling calls can offset that first leg down. And if the market continues to fall, we also have puts in place that we own to provide kind of an added layer of protection. Um, so I think all of that put together in the active approach that we have, coupled with, I think, the experience of our management team, uh, you know, really sets us up for some success in, in this environment. So speaking of that downside protection, the bond market obviously didn't really give that defensive support that investors had become used to really since the early 1980s. How do you think about the role a fund like Gateway plays within a traditional 60-40, especially given that lack of support from the bond market over the past year? Yeah, geez, you know, there's a lot to uh, lot to unpack with that question. Um, yeah, we'll start with the 60-40, right? Traditional asset allocation exercise. Gateway can provide a number of solutions for investors, you know, kind of regardless if rates go up Go or go down, we feel that the cash flow component of our strategy can offer more attractive outcomes in a wide range of market conditions. I think I said it quickly before, but our strategy is not dependent on rate moves. Rates go up, rates go down, rates stay where they are. Um, our strategy isn't dependent on any of those different situations. We're not bond investors, we're not credit selectors, we're not equities or stock pickers, um, and we're certainly not interest rate forecasters. We think, again, that cash flow generation component um, will allow us to take uncertainty out of portfolios. Uh, and also, our strategy can help take interest rate sensitivity out of portfolios. 
something as you were asking your question that kind of came to my mind, and in particular in 2022, was correlations, right? I mean, there were times in the market, regardless of what the news was, positive or negative, that it seemed like the equity markets, and I'm, you know, I'll say the equity market and the fixed income markets, I'm thinking the S&P 500 index right. and the Barclays aggregate, moved in lockstep. And again, whether it was up or whether it was down. So when you talk about asset allocation in that traditional 60-40, there are a component of of risk factor or that standard deviation component can actually be elevated when correlations come closer to one. A strategy like Gateway can be used as a complement in the equity side of the portfolio, can be used as a complement or a replacement, I would say, on the fixed income side, again, removing interest rate sensitivity. And it could also be a really great investment or strategy to add as a replacement for cash that might be on the sidelines or you know in an investor's portfolio where they're not yet sure where to go from here not necessarily take on the equity risk bonds you know we haven't gotten into it too too much here but bonds are in a really interesting spot i think right now last year was a really difficult year for the barclays aggregate yes rates are elevated currently but there is a real potential for rates to continue to rise, which would mean more loss of principal. Yes, investors you know, can earn 4 maybe 5%, if not even more, on their fixed income investments now. But there's still a large hole to dig out of from last year, right? So there's a lot of aspects of the bond market that may look nice or may look like they have potential. But there's also a lot of risk factors out there right now, too. So you know, we think Gateway can really offer a nice solution. We've been slowly moving closer to talking about present day forward-looking views, your latest market perspective. It's called Away From Zero, the not-so-mysterious case of higher interest rates. Can you just dig into the work your team has done on the level of volatility during different interest rate and inflation regimes and how Gateway can potentially benefit from that? Yeah, you know, absolutely, Luke. Um, you know, just for our listeners' reference, you know, we, we publish a monthly market perspective uh, every month, and it, it can be found on our, our website or through your Natixis wholesaler. Um, what we try to do is just highlight something every month that's interesting to us and our management team and kind of shifting dynamics uh, across markets. Um, yeah, this is where I'm a little bit of a data nerd, so I'll try to keep this short and sweet. But um, I'm excited about this piece and just kind of what, what we were able to discover here. I think oftentime, oftentimes investors think of derivatives or options as confusing or the pricing dynamics are confusing. Um, so what we try to do in this piece, or what we tried to do, I should say, is isolate the interest rate component and then the volatility component in a vacuum or in a bubble, if you will, but most importantly, how it can affect pricing in the option market. So to start with you know, the, the volatility side or implied volatility, what we looked at was the impact of heightened and persistently heightened levels of volatility on one month at the money call premiums. And typically that's you know, the, the type of calls that we'll be selling in our strategy. To kind of just you know, summarize, I would say, we compared the pre-COVID era, so the quantitative easing era, average levels of volatility, to the average level of volatility that we saw in 2022, and also to the futures curve for volatility that were, or the expectations of volatility into 2023. And really what that's showing us, again, if we just isolate this volatility component for one month at the money call premium, strategies that sell those options are able to generate close to, you know, kind of 1.2 or 1.5% more premium per month. So now if we are 
you know, historically speaking, or you know, pre-COVID, we were able to generate kind of 1.7% on selling those call options. We're now able to generate an additional 1 1.2, 1.3% per month. Obviously, that's a really massive impact when you annualize that. It's almost 15% increased potential for cash flow generation. On the T-bill side or the interest rate side, exact same situation, exact same analysis. Obviously, pre-COVID, we were at this kind of low to zero interest rate environment. We're currently in this kind of 4 to 5% range. And you know what the Fed is going to do into 2023 is anybody's guess. But there's an expectation that we'll have you know, a heightened level of interest rates for some time here. The additional premium potential to generate in, in just that, uh, you know, given those increased levels of interest rates um, on an annualized basis, again, is kind of upwards of, of 2%. So when you combine these two, and obviously there's no guarantee here, it's, it's dependent on the market path, um, you know, we, we think strategies that sell calls to generate cash flow and hopefully help their investors in doing so uh, have a really strong potential to generate quite a bit more this year. So to simplify that for somebody at home that might not be an options expert, historically, higher interest rate levels, higher inflation levels have led to higher implied volatility. I like to think of implied volatility as the expensiveness of options. And so with options more expensive, Gateway is selling these and generating stronger higher cash flow. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that that sums it up nicely. You know, obviously, we talked about kind of the three different components of our strategy. There's S&P 500 equity exposure. We sell calls on 100% notional of our portfolio. So if we're able to generate more cash flow, our investors could benefit from that. Uh, and then we buy puts, we buy protection on the lower side. So yeah, I think you, I think you summarized that nicely. So we've shifted to talk about 2023 a bit. I'd love for you to touch on the different types of market environments we could see. From a high level, there seems to be really three scenarios that are the topic of debate across the industry right now. Scenario one, rates are higher for longer. Stocks and bonds might remain under pressure. Two, we get a soft landing. Inflation continues to ease. Rates gradually come down. Probably the most bullish scenario for risk assets. Or three, it's a hard landing. Recessionary conditions accelerate. With such a wide range of outcomes, how does Gateway approach these scenarios? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, first thing I would say is that we we aren't going to approach any of these scenarios differently. And what I mean by that is we're not changing our strategy to you know, given any of these situations. Right. Um, I kind of talked about our approach and how we look at it. You know, a, a lot of what we do is statistical analysis and understanding what could happen in a market, and then what we could or should do with our portfolio, given any of these, you know, multiple numbers of situations. In the three you know, situations that you laid out, we'll say the Fed keeps raising rates and, you know, we're in this higher for longer period. Um, you know, volatility would be persistently elevated. Bonds will continue to be under pressure. Stocks may do okay, uh, you know, as companies adapt, maybe they pass through elevated costs or, or input costs to their consumers in the right way. Um, so you're going to get those, you know, certain amount of companies that are going to be rewarded from that in the stock market standpoint, but you're also going to get the companies that just you know can't do that or aren't able to do that in a nice way. Um, nice meaning a way that the market appreciates. Right. Um, so then you know from a gateway standpoint, um, you know equity would probably have this kind of slow and grinding recovery. Um, we would continue to generate nice cash flow to offset you know maybe a slight negative performance 
return or you know, a negative return in the equity side. Um, if we have a slight positive return, we'll participate in that in addition to the cash flow. And I think it, it allows a nice path to recovery that isn't tied to or you know, requires a, a robust equity market, right? We could have a nice return without that robust equity market situation. In the soft landing situation or scenario, um, you know, kind of that great for everything situation, potentially, the gateway fund you know, I would say if there's an environment where the gateway fund could underperform is when the equity market has a really strong rally in a short amount of time, right? You know, it, it, it may be tough for a strategy such as ours to keep up on the equity side, um, but we would have the offset of additional cash flow, and, and I think that you know, it could be a really strong uh, additive. And I would also think pretty confidently that we will outperform bonds, right? And in that situation, bonds are, are going to maybe not struggle, but not do great, not not certainly do what the equity market does. And then the last situation, that hard landing, where we see uh, you know an aggressive pivot from the Fed and aggressive cuts out of the Fed, bonds should do well. Um, stocks might make new lows. We would certainly do better than stocks, you know, given our, our equity participation and exposure, cash flow generation, and then if, if the market were to fall far enough, um, you know, the put puts that we own from a protection standpoint would come into play. If I'm thinking through those three scenarios, I mean, one that might be best is that kind of sideways situation where the market's kind of negative two to plus two. And again, with a strong cash flow component, you know, we could really chug along and, and have a really nice, nice year um, in that situation. And to summarize all that, you know, just the, our our strategy and the cash flow generation component allows us to separate from equi- the equity market directionally. And I think we have the ability to produce acceptable or even favorable outcomes in a wide variety of scenarios. I'd say it sounds like Gateway is prepared for multiple environments. Do you have any final thoughts to put a bow on the conversation? Yeah, you know, I loved your comment right there. Um, you know, Gateway certainly has the ability to be positioned for a number of different market situations and scenarios. Um, when we look back, historically speaking, years, quarters, months, even weeks that our strategy has been able to perform uh, nicely, I don't, I, I dare I say best, but nicely, is very similar to the market environment we have right now, right? Interest rates that are slightly away from zero and maybe increasing, persistently high levels of, or elevated levels of volatility. Um, you know, we talked about the, the kind of implications of both of those. Um, would we like the equity market to go up? Yeah, I think so, right? There's a lot of economic implications there for, for everybody that, that you know, it would make a lot of sense. Um, but we don't need that to happen. We don't need that to happen to have a positive or even a you know, relatively nice return. Um, we think that we have, we have the ability to be a really nice portfolio addition, whether it replaces some fixed income, it complements equity, um, or allows investors a place to use some of the cash that may be on the sidelines or ease some of the uneasiness uh, of jumping right back into the equity market or into the fixed income market where you know, there still could be more downside. Well, Joe, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate this, Luke. This was, uh, this was good. To our listeners, we appreciate your continued support and interest in the Gateway Strategies. For more information on the funds, reach out to your Natixis sales representative or visit im.natixis.com. Thanks.
Important information. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Fund Class Y as of December 31st, 2022. Three month, 4.74. Year to date, minus 11.85. One year, minus 11.85. Three years, 1.75. Five years, 2.32. Ten years, 4.15. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Fund Class A at NAV as of December 31st, 2022. Three month, 4.67. Year to date, minus 12.06. One year, minus 12.06. Three years, 1.51. Five years, 2.08. Ten years, 3.90. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Fund Class A with 5.75% maximum sales charges of December 31st, 2022. Three month, minus 1.36, year to date, minus 17.11, one year, minus 17.11, three years, minus 0.48, five years, 0.88, 10 years, 3.29, average annualized total returns for the S&P 500 indexes of December 31st, 2022, three month, 7.56, year to date, minus 18.11, one year, minus 18.11, three years, 7.66, five years, 9.42, 10 years, 12.56, average annualized total returns for the Bloomberg US, aggregate bond indexes of December 31st, 2022, three month, 1.87, year to date, minus 13.01, one year, minus 13.01, three years, minus 2.71, Five years, 0.02, 10 years, 1.06. The Gateway Fund began operations in 1977 and changed its investment strategy to the current strategy in 1988. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund Class Y as of December 31st, 2022. Three month, 7.74. Year to date, minus 11.48. One year, minus 11.48. Three years, 4.64. Five years, 4.81. Life of Class September 30th, 2014, 5.82. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund Class A at NAV as of December 31st, 2022. Three month, 7.66. Year to date, minus 11.77. One year, minus 11.77. Three years, 4.36. 5 years, 4.56, life of class September 30th, 2014, 5.55, average annualized total returns for Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund Class A with 5.75% maximum sales charges of December 31st, 2022, 3 month, 1.46, year to date, minus 16.86, 1 year, minus 16.86, 3 years, 2.31, 5 years, 3.32, life of class September 30th, 2014, 4.79, average annualized total returns for the CBOE S&P 500 by right index, BXMSM, as of December 31st, 2022, 3 month, 6.80, year to date, minus 11.37, 1 year, minus 11.37, 3 years, 1.26, 5 years, 2.73, life of class September 30th, 2014, 4.56, average annualized total returns for the S&P 500 indexes of December 31st, 2022, 3 month, 7.56, year to date, minus 18.11, 1 year, minus 18.11, 3 years, 7.66, 5 years, 9.42, life of class September 30th, 2014, 10.44, performance data listed represents past performance and is no guarantee of, and not necessarily indicative of, future results, total return and value will vary, and you may have a gain or loss when shares are sold, current performance may be lower or higher than quoted, for most recent month-end performance, visit im.natixis.com, performance for other share classes will be greater or less based on differences in fees and sales charges. Performance for periods less than one year is cumulative, not annualized. Returns reflect changes in share price and reinvestment of dividends and capital gains, if any. Gateway fund gross expense ratio 0.70%. Class Y share, 0.95%. Class A share, net expense ratio 0.70%. Class Y share, 0.94%. Class A share. This arrangement is set to expire on April 30th, 2023. Gateway equity call premium gross expense ratio 0.92%. Class Y share, 1.17%. Class A share, net expense ratio 0.68%. Class Y share, 0.93%. Class A share. As of the most recent prospectus, the investment advisor has contractually agreed to waive fees and or reimburse expenses once the expense cap of the fund has been exceeded. This arrangement is set to expire on April 30th, 2023. When an expense cap has not been exceeded, the gross and net expense ratios may be the same. Prior to the inception of Gateway Fund Class Y shares, February 19, 2008, performance is that of the predecessor fund and reflects the higher net expenses of that share class. Not all share classes available for purchase by all investors. Class Y shares are available to institutional investors with a minimum initial investment of $100,000 and through certain wrap fee programs, retirement plans, and investment advisory accounts with no minimum. See prospectus for more details. Performance shown for Gateway Fund Class A shares prior to February 15, 2008 is that of the predecessor fund restated to reflect the sales loads of Class A shares. Gateway Fund risks. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against a loss. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. Equity securities are volatile and can decline significantly in response to broad market and economic conditions. Options may be used for hedging purposes, but also entail risks related to liquidity, market conditions, and credit that may increase volatility. The value of the fund's positions in options may fluctuate in response to changes in the value of the underlying asset. Selling call options may limit returns in a rising market. Definitions of terms used in this material. Beta is calculated for the three-year period and represents the risk associated with the fund relative to market risks. For example, the market has a beta of 1.00, so if the fund has a beta of 0.85, it can be expected to be 15% less volatile than the overall market. Conversely, if the fund has a 
beta of 1.08, it can be expected to be 8% more volatile than the overall market. Bloomberg US, aggregate bond index is an unmanaged index that covers the US, dollar denominated, investment grade, fixed rate, taxable bond market of SEC registered securities. The index includes bonds from the treasury, government related, corporate, mortgage-backed securities, asset-backed securities, and collateralized mortgage-backed securities sectors. You may not invest directly in an index. Congressional Budget Office, CBO, is a federal agency within the legislative branch of the United States government that provides budget and economic information to Congress. CBOE Volatility Index, BIX, is a key measure of market expectations of near-term volatility conveyed by S&P 500 stock index auction prices. The CBOE Volatility Index, BIX, reflects a market estimate of future volatility, based on the weighted average of the implied volatilities for a wide range of strikes. First and second month expirations are used until eight days from expiration, then the second and third are used. CBOE S&P 500 Buy Right Index, BXMSM, is a benchmark index designed to track the performance of a hypothetical buy right strategy on the S&P 500 Index. The SPX call is held until expiration and cash settled, at which time a new one month, near the money call is written. Correlation is a statistical measure of how two securities move in relation to each other. Correlation is measured on a scale from plus 1.00 to minus 1.00 where 1.00 is perfect positive correlation, 0.00 indicates no relationship, and minus 1.00 is mirror opposite performance. Credit spread is the difference in yield between two bonds of similar maturity but different credit quality. Drawdown is a period of peak to valley performance for a series of investment returns, regardless of whether the drawdown consisted of consecutive months of negative performance. Futures are agreements to buy or sell a particular commodity or security at a predetermined price in the future. Index auction, European style expiration, cash settled and exchange traded, an auction contract on an index, e.g., S&P 500, in which the buyer, owner, pays a cash premium upfront to the seller, writer, of the auction. If at expiration, the auction contract is in the money, the seller pays the owner cash in the amount of the difference between the auction strike price and the current value of the index. Otherwise, the auction expires worthless for the buyer and the seller keeps the full premium received upfront. The writer of an auction is paid a cash premium for taking on the risk associated with the auction obligation to pay if the auction expires in the money. Listed index auctions contracts can be closed or traded prior to expiration date, but not exercised. Long-only equity is a feature or policy of many mutual funds. It refers to a policy of only holding long positions in assets and securities. PP, trailing, ratio is the weighted harmonic average of the price to book. PP ratios of all the stocks in the portfolio. PP ratio is the ratio of the stock's price to its book value per share. This excludes negative earnings. PE, trailing, ratio is the weighted harmonic average of the price to earnings. PE ratios of all the stocks in the portfolio. PE ratio is the ratio of the stock's price to its earnings per share for the trailing 12 months. Does not include options. This excludes negative earnings. Peak to trough is the phase of the business cycle from the end of a period of growth. Peak into declining activity and contraction until it hits its ultimate cyclical bottom. Trough. The business cycle is a repetitive succession of changes in economic activity comprised of four distinct phases. Expansion, recovery, peak, contraction, decline, and trough. Risk-adjusted return defines an investment's return by measuring how much risk is involved in producing that return, which is generally expressed as a number or rating. Risk-adjusted returns are applied to individual securities, investment funds, and portfolios. R-squared is calculated for the three-year period and represents the percentage of the fund's movements that can be explained by the movements of the market. For example, index funds will tend to have R-squared values very close to 100. Standard deviation measures the risk of the portfolio or market. Beta, R-squared and standard deviation are calculated on a monthly basis for the three-year annualized period as of the most recent quarter end. Sharp ratio is a measure of risk-adjusted return, calculated by dividing an investment success return over a riskless asset, such as the three-month T-bill by its standard deviation of returns. The higher the Sharp ratio, the better the historical risk-adjusted performance. S&P 500 index is a widely recognized measure of U.S. stock market performance. It is an unmanaged index of 500 common stocks chosen for market size, liquidity, and industry group representation. Among other factors, you may not invest directly in an index. Standard deviation is a statistical measure that sheds light on historical volatility. Tina is an abbreviation for there is no alternative. Volatility is the range of variation in the value of a security. Volatility management techniques may result in periods of loss and underperformance, may limit the fund's ability to participate in rising markets and may increase transaction costs. Weighted average moneyness is how much an auction contract strike prices in the money, ITM or out of the money. OTM expressed as a percentage of the price of the auction contract's underlying asset. Weighted average days to expiration is the weighted average time until the expiration date of the auctions. Weighted average call premium to earn is the weighted average potential cash flow to be earned from written call auctions measured as a percentage of stock assets. Yield curve is a curve that shows the relationship among bond yields across the maturity spectrum. Yield curve inversion is when the interest rate environment in which long-term debt instruments have a lower yield and short-term debt instruments. The index information contained herein is derived from third parties and is provided on an ASIS basis. You may not invest directly in an index. The user of this information assumes the entire risk of use of this information. Each of the third-party entities involved in compiling, computing, or creating index information disclaims all warranties, including, without limitation, any warranties of originality, accuracy, completeness, timeliness, non-infringement, mercantility, and fitness for a particular purpose. With respect to such information, this material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed are as of January 19, 2023, and may change based on market and other conditions. The index information contained herein is derived from third parties and is provided on an ASIS basis. The user of this information assumes the entire risk of use of this information. Each of the third-party entities involved in compiling, computing, or creating index information disclaims all warranties, including, without limitation, any warranties of originality, accuracy, completeness, timeliness, non-infringement, mercantility, and fitness for a particular purpose. With respect to such information, before investing, 
consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit im.natixis.com or call 800-225-5478 for a prospectus or a summary prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully. Natixis Distribution, LLC is a limited-purpose broker-dealer and a distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. At tracks, 237-7676-201. Expiration date, April 30, 2023. POD 135, December, 2022.